Oi, tudo bem? This is Brazuca Sounds, hosted and produced by Leandro Vignoli. doing this is brazuka sounds episode number 13 the lucky number follow me and send me a message if you will at brazuka sounds on instagram you so all can follow a playlist on spotify called soundtrack brazuka sounds with all the songs i play in this show in full this episode we're gonna celebrate the 80 years birthday of the great Erasmo Carlos and for doing that we're gonna talk about uh, one of his records released in 1971 in the second semester of that year uh, meaning a record completing also 50 years one of his great records Carlos Erasmo, probably his first great record after leaving the Jovem Guarda rock and roll movement. And this record was uh, recently reissued in vinyl by the Light in the Attic record label, which by the way, they did a great job with the lining notes. And here I'm gonna try add some new backstage stories. Uh, to their record and we're gonna listen to the album in its entirety so let's go record where Erasmo Carlos was debuting on the Philips label, uh, known in Brazil for its catalog of MPB and Tropicalia, Caetano, Gil, Gal Costa, Elisa and Gina. So for this record, it was about time to Erasmo Carlos leave behind his teenager rock songs from the Jovem Guarda movement. So it was kind of a risk for both Erasmo and the record label too. At the same time, Erasmo Carlos had access to big studios, many musicians, big buckets to record the album. Philips was like the dominant record label in Brazil at the time. But the record was produced by Erasmo Carlos himself with the help, of course, of Manuel Berenbein, who was the guy behind all those artists that I just mentioned, Caetano Gil, the Tropicalia movement. And the opener here, De Noite na Cama, was written by Caetano Veloso when he was in exile in London. It was a gift that he sends to Erasmo Carlos. And by the way, what exactly what he has done also to Roberto Carlos in his album of 1971, if you remember that story from our podcast a couple of episodes ago. And as you can listen to, it's an absolute jam of psychedelic soul music with many Brazilian elements in the mix. So you can listen to a lot of instruments uh, in the background, like cuica, reco reco, berimbau. Yeah. 
for embora Agora instruments originally used for either samba or capoeira and now here it was playing its part in this this bluesy soul psychedelic rock song an opener that is one of the biggest hits of Erasmo Carlos career <laughs> song with a more folk vibe is called masculino feminino literally means masculine feminine and since the song has this call and response between Erasmo Carlos and the female singer um, Marisa Fossa I'm gonna introduce Ali Murphy which is the beautiful voice you guys listen to in the intro of the show hi Ali Hi, Leandro. Thanks for having me on. This is one of your favorites from the record, right? Yeah, it sure is. Um, so I really like the, the call and response, as you said. Uh, the lyrics are kind of cheeky. It's kind of a, a, a nod I read in the liner notes to Serge Gainsbourg and Jane Birkin, um, a song that they did, a famous duet. So it really kind of works with that. And uh, uh, yeah, it's very poetic, like most of... Um, Erasmus's music. And it has one of the lines that you like the most in Portuguese as well, right? Yeah, it was one of the first things I learned how to say, actually, and it's a chuva fina cai, and apparently my pronunciation is somewhat decent, which is <laughs> comforting to me. Yeah, it's perfect. A chuva fina cai. A chuva fina cai Clareando a luz Me faz lembrar And just as a curiosity here, this female voice, like I said, is from Marisa Fossa, who is a very obscure singer. She was from a psychedelic band called Obando that put out an album in 1969. And by the way, it was released recently 
by the Light in the Attic record label from, from England, which also put out the reissue of three Erasmo Carlos albums. But I have no idea why Marisa was invited to sing the song, though. I could not find the answer anywhere. What I could find is that Marisa pretty much abandoned uh, his music endeavor right after this recording. She kind of vanished from music business. And that's kind of sad because her voice is really lovely. Um, she's got a beautiful, bright voice, and uh, I feel like I could have imagined her singing on a lot of uh, different tracks. Yeah, definitely. I would definitely recommend you to listen to this other band too, called Obando. <laughs> Obstáculos na estrada Mas enfim aqui This is probably the biggest hit of the album. É preciso dar um jeito meu amigo. Written by Erasmo Carlos and Roberto Carlos, the partnership. And as I told you in a different podcast, they had this writing partnership at the time. It didn't matter who actually wrote the song, they would share regardless. It was never an egalitarian division, however. Roberto is really like a mythical singer in Brazil, the best-selling author. Uh, of all time, Erasmo Carlos, on the other hand, over time, like retain only like a cult status in the country. But to be quite honest, according to Roberto Carlos' biographer, this particular song was actually wrote by Roberto Carlos, not Erasmo. And this is an interesting track because it's backed up by Os Mutantes. 
Sergio Diaz in the guitar, Dinho at drums, Liminha playing bass. This bass line is an absolute punch in the stomach, so great. And the guitar here with very aggressive pedal effects in the chorus. Some argue that the song is even better than any Mutante song from the album Jardim Eletrico that was released earlier that year. And it is the theme, actually, of our podcast number for the 50 years of Virgin Electrical. And this partnership, it was only possible because now Erasmo Carlos and Os Mutantes share the same multinational label, Polygram. Erasmo Carlos, of course, at Philips and Os Mutantes at Polydor. It's my favorite song of this record. É preciso dar um jeito, meu amigo. Quando a gente se levanta Quanta coisa aconteceu É preciso dar um jeito, meu amigo É preciso dar um jeito, meu amigo É preciso sim É preciso, é preciso dar um jeito, é preciso dar um jeito, meu amigo. É preciso, é preciso dar um jeito, meu amigo. É preciso sim, é preciso sim, é preciso sim, é preciso dar um jeito, meu amigo. So the next song is also one of your favorites, right, Ali? That's right. Want to say the name? Sure. It's uh, Dois Animais na Selva Sua da Rua. You want to try again? Dois Animais na Selva Suja da Rua. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. And so, as the story goes, Erasmo Carlos and his partner, Narinha, they decided to live together without getting married officially, which was like very unusual at the time for the Brazilian society. I can imagine that must have blown people's minds. It was the 70s and it's Brazil after all. So uh, that's kind of modern of them because that's more something that happens nowadays, especially in Quebec where I'm from. Yeah, that's right. And not only that, Banara was also a single mom. She had like a seven years old daughter already when she met uh, Erasmo. And this song was written actually by the Brazilian alternative communist oddball Taiguara as a tribute to the couple. Its name in English can be translated as two animals in a dirty street jungle. What do you like the most about this song? Um, I really like the, the momentum and the build of the song. Um, it's got some great, great uh, percussion. And again, I think Erasmus, again, with his lyrics, um, he uses a lot of imagery and, and metaphors. And I realize his friend wrote it for him, but everything kind of works. It's kind of a wild, rugged, 
animated song, which really appeals to me. Interesting that you said that, because according to the legend, never confirmed or denied, is that Taiguara, the songwriter of this particular song, had a crush on Narinha. So what many people say is that he wrote the song for her, not for the couple, actually. That's not surprising because I feel like a lot of passion comes through. So if he wrote it for the, their union, it definitely seems like he was mixed up somehow in it. That's right. Conversa Com quem não tem amor Gente certa é gente aberta Se o amor chamar Eu vou Pode ser muito bonito O mar, o sol e a flor So this was literally the first song that Erasmo Carlos recorded for this record. It still was a single, and it's pretty much a transitional album for Erasmo. Uh, just like his partner, Roberto Carlos, at the time, they were putting aside their rock and roll roots and having a lot of influences from soul music, especially. And just as a side note here, Erasmo Carlos, he literally learned how to play guitar with Tim Maia, the first chords, in the 60s. So it was quite a natural development for him, digging into soul music. However, the difference between Roberto and Erasmo is that Erasmo Carlos had a lot more influence by the hippie movement. Erasmo was going back and forth between the city and his cottage, smoking lots of weed at the time, which kind of explained a little of these relaxed tunes, acoustic guitars, bongos, very laid back. This song, Gente Aberta, is a very famous song of the album, too.
another important person in the making of this album is the guitarist Lenny Gordon. He was really kind of a anonymous guitar hero of the Tropicalia movement. He played records of Gil, Caetano, Gal Costa, everybody. And this is the perfect tune to perfectly capture uh, his work on the album. Agora Ninguém Chora Mais, this song is obviously a cover of George Ben, originally from 1965. And if you don't know, Erasmo, Carlos and George Ben, they lived together in Sao Paulo in the late 60s, both being from Rio originally. George Ben also recorded a song written by Erasmo in the past, so they had this uh, friendship in music and off music. Ali, what version do you prefer the most of this song? You prefer the original of George Ben or Erasmo Carlos' version? I'd have to say, hands down, my vote goes to Erasmo's. Why is that? Uh, well, I think Erasmus, he's just, um, you know, he provides so much depth to his, his lyrics. Like, he seems like, like uh, uh, has a lot more layers and kind of a tortured soul. Whereas, Georgie Ben, when you listen to his version of the song, it's a bit too happy-go-lucky for me. Chorava todo mundo, mas agora ninguém chora mais, chora mais, chora mais. Chorava todo mundo, mas agora... And it's not every day you can say that about a Georgie Ben song, right? But I also really prefer Erasmus' version of Ninguém Chora Mais. Uh, like you said, to me it's more like rough, more urgent. It is like a good closure for the side A of the long play. Yeah, it's definitely more melancholic. Something that I like better too. So this is the beginning of Side B, Sodoma e Gomorra, is one of the songs also written by Erasmo and Roberto Carlos, uh, has kind of like a religious connotation, but in a very subtle and metaphorical way, super hippie style, like, and even personally, uh, Erasmo Carlos was becoming a different guy compared to his youth, like he grew a moustache, his hair became longer too. This Carlos Erasmo album cover is iconic too. A photo of Erasmo Carlos wearing like a bucket hat, like a very hippie necklace, kind of old t-shirt. He was really trying to get past his old times as a teenage icon when he used to wear suit and tie, his hair all brushed with gel. And Erasmo Carlos was always like a superstar. He's like a very tall guy, six feet two. Uh, his nickname is The Kind Giant. So when he was like a superstar in his rock and roll times, like he really attracted a lot of girls around him, so to speak. Erasmo Carlos is actually a stage name. His name is, in fact, Erasmo, but his surname 
of Perth is Esteves. His name is Erasmo Esteves. Carlos is literally something that play well with his songwriter partnership, Roberto Carlos. This song from Elisa Regina album Ella, also released in 1971. The song is Mundo Deserto. It is an Erasmo Carlos song, but ended up being released by Elisa Regina first, and that's because the producer Nelson Mota, who worked in one song in this album here, and he would also produce Elisa Regina's album. So both records were released by Philips. So you can notice a lot of commonalities, a lot of sharing of songs in the year 1971. By the way, I also produced a podcast about that. Elisa Regina record is the episode number seven, if you're interested. And what he's singing here, Mundo Deserto de Almas Negras, uh, Live in a Desert World Full of Dark Souls. The song is attributed to Erasmo and Roberto Carlos. But, as I told you in a different podcast, this is very unlikely because Roberto Carlos refused to use any negative religious connotations like dark souls. So we can almost guarantee this particular song was probably only written by Erasmo Carlos. Opposed to Roberto Carlos, uh, Erasmo actually never tried to really be like a ballad singer. Some people say that Erasmo Carlos' weakness was actually like his voice, like which I kind of disagree. What about you, Eileen? Yeah, no, totally false on that one. I think he's got a beautiful voice. He's a good singer, and he can totally do more ballads. Um, this was one of the songs that I liked upon even just 
first listen. Yeah, you consider this like a feminist song or something? Yeah, I think uh, after I first heard it,、uh, I went to look at the the lyrics. I was really thinking, oh my god, this is a total feminist song. Like,、um, here's a man singing that's saying like. Women are upheld to these、uh, impossible standards and put on pedestals when they're just fallible humans. And and here's a man saying, acknowledging that and saying, "I like you for just the way you are, my sister, my mother. Like, just be be your imperfect self." So I thought that's a really great message, very feminist. Yeah, very interesting that you just said that. Like, is it like a song about? Uh, breaking down traditional gender roles in a relationship or something. Yeah, definitely. I, I like I kind of said it. Definitely shows how progressive he was, and yeah, his his living with Narinya、um, and not being married.、Um, it kind of shows his, his how how willing he is to accept women in different situations. Soubesse nesse mundo, se alguém soubesse nesse mundo, pode ser um rei ou vagabundo, pode ser um rei ou vagabundo. E bem no coração do meu país, na mora e mora alguém que sabe disso, mesmo que não tenha o que falar. E a comunicação se faz presente. This is the only song not produced by Erasmo Carlos himself,、uh, Cissa Cecilia. It was actually produced by Nelson Mota with an orchestral arrangement from Arthur Verocai. This was made for a soap opera soundtrack in Brazilian TV, which was a very good way to get exposure in Brazil at the time. It's still these days. Having a song in a soap opera is a must. And the name of the song, actually, Cissa Cecilia, is named after one of the characters of that specific soap opera. So many of the songs、uh, in the telenovelas are made for specific characters. So there's a lot of songs, especially in the seventies, with name of the people, and these people are were actually the characters of these、uh, telenovelas, these soap operas. Seu ídolo, seu mestre, seu santo padroeiro. Só pode, só pode, só pode ser o velho guerreiro. Seu sonho é ser um dia de canto pasquim. 
the fact this is like a great album in my opinion, like one of his best records uh, the album has more like a cult status than actually was a big hit, we have like three songs here that are very famous in Brazil, but other songs not so quite, which is the case of this one, Em Busca das Canções Perdidas In the Search of the Lost Songs uh, it was really too experimental for the Erasmo Carlos fanbase at the time, especially considering the inevitable comparison to Roberto Carlos, who became like a very popular guy, singing all those uh, ballads with big arrangements, super cheesy sometimes. And Erasmo Carlos was actually going in a totally different uh, direction, going revisiting Tropicalia in a way, also not only for this record, but also going forward, his next record from 72, Sonhos e Memórias, is, is even more experimental than this one and has more songs written by Erasmo Carlos himself. But even the not-so-famous songs I consider in this particular record very great, and it's the case of this more laid-back tune, Em Busca das Canções Perdidas. <laughs> So this is 26 Anos de Vida Normal is one more song given to Erasmo Carlos as a gift 
uh, by Marcus Valli and his brother. He's talking about a guy with uh, 26 years with a normal life, but Erasmo Carlos, at the point that he put out this record, he was 29 actually. He's also one of my favorite tunes of these records. This song has actually the orchestral arrangements by Rogério Dupra, also known as one of the godfathers of the Tropicalia movement. It was the only song on this record that he made your orchestral arrangements. And even if Marcos Valle gave the song to Erasmo Carlos as a gift, he ended up recording the song himself for the album of the same year, in 1971, Garra, which was one of the best Marcos Valle records too. I struggle to decide uh, which version I like it most. I would say I like the Erasmo Carlos the most, just for the sake of the show here. Latin American vibe. There's a very interesting story. Erasmo Carlos thought about this song when he was in a nightclub uh, in Israel. There was a band there playing calypso sounds and the word marijuana got stuck into his head. But to deceive the censors, he said that the song was in honor of the daughter of Nelson Mota, the producer, who is about to be born and will be called Joana, which Nelson Mota replied, but that's not going to be her name, Erasmo. That's not true. And, and, and Erasmo Carlos just said something like, it doesn't matter, just say you change your mind afterwards. And then he named the song Maria Joana but ended up not working, and the song was, in fact, uh, censored and prohibited to be performed live or on the radio, but at least it made the cut and it was authorized to be recorded. Erasmo Carlos spent almost 40 years without performing that song live, but these days he actually does it, which is great, and the album on a great note, good vibes, summer, and, well, marijuana. Yeah, his last track about marijuana will get you dancing. There's, um, it actually has more of a Latin American sound. There's um, some steel drums on it that are really uh, have a really great beat to it. This is the song that you like to play on TikTok for your nieces, right? I once recorded a video to uh, just uh, for my nieces on TikTok, and I used this one because uh, yeah, it's it's really upbeat and funny. Yeah, I remember that. It was great dancing. 
Thank you. Did a little Roomba shake. Okay, that's great. Thank you, Wally, for joining me in this podcast about Erasmo Carlos. Thanks for inviting me, Leandro. I had a really great time. And sorry for my Portuguese. I'm trying to learn on Duolingo, and it's a little bit hard. <laughs> I know how you feel. But your Portuguese is actually great. Don't worry. Bye, Ali. Thanks. And that's it for today, peoples. Hopefully you enjoy. And just before I finish this off, I'm just going to share some stories more related to Erasmo Carlos' life than properly than this record itself. We, and we mentioned here a couple of times his wife that was very important in the making of this that was very important in the making of this record, Marinha. She unfortunately committed suicide in the 90s. Erasmo Carlos never remarried. Only a couple of years ago he met someone. Erasmo Carlos now is turning 80, as I said in the beginning of the show, and that's why I produced this podcast. As I said also earlier in the show, uh, this record was reissued in vinyl by the Light Indiatic record label. Kudos. Bye-bye. This was Brazuca Sounds with Leandro Vignoli. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Yeah.